to uh, continue our Bible study tonight uh, on the attributes of God. And uh, we've been looking at different things in the Scripture about who our God is and the different things about Him. And I don't know about you folks, but uh, what a blessing it has been uh, talking about these things and looking at these things. And uh, I'm so thankful that uh, our God is uh, who He is and the fact that we can know Him and uh, have a relationship with Him. Listen, God's just not so far up in heaven uh, that He's controlling everything. No, He's right here where we're at. Amen? And He wants for us to know Him. He desires for us to know Him and to have a relationship with Him. And what a wonderful way to do that by looking at different attributes of our God. So if you find your place, stand with me together as we look tonight. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. I don't think I told you where to go, did I? Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1. We'll see how quick you can get there, all right? 1 Corinthians chapter 1, and uh, I'm going to read verse 4 through 9. And as I read these verses, I think you'll probably be able to figure out what attribute of God that we're going to talk about tonight. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, beginning in verse 4. The Bible says, I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God which is given you by Jesus Christ, that in everything ye are enriched by Him, in all utterance and in all knowledge, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, so that ye come behind in no gift, waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall also confirm you unto the end, that ye may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ, God is faithful, by whom you were called unto the fellowship of His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And then one more place, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, just a couple pages over, one verse here, verse 13, very famous passage of Scripture. Again, notice the same phrase we read there in verse 9 in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Look what it says in verse 13. There hath no temptation taken you, but such is common to man. But God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape, that ye may be able to bear it. Let's pray. Lord, we love you tonight, God. We thank you for the opportunity to be in your house. Thank you for all those that came. And Lord, I pray you bless the preaching of your word, God. I pray that, uh, Lord, through the power of your word, you'd speak to our hearts tonight. Lord, we need to hear from you. Lord, there's a lot of heavy hearts. Lord, there's a lot of burdened uh, souls here tonight. And God, I ask that you'd meet the need through, through your precious Holy Holy Word. Speak to us, we pray now. We love you, and we thank you for it. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Well, did you pick up those two uh, uh, phrases there, uh, those uh, that three simple word phrase mentioned there in verse 9 of chapter 1 and verse 13 of chapter 10? And here's that phrase, God is faithful. Amen? God is faithful. And so that's the attribute of God that we're going to talk about tonight is His faithfulness. In fact, only twice in the Scripture, both those places we read that have that exact phrase, God is faithful. However, there's multitude verses that refer to the faithfulness of God. Now let me define for you what it means when the Bible says that God is faithful. Uh, That word faithful, it means firm, it means secure, it means stable. Amen? And let me tell you something, folks. One thing about our God is is that you can bank on, you can take it to the bank and and you can can just guarantee is that He is firm, secure, and stable. Amen? Listen, I say it 
often, but God doesn't look down on planet earth and he, he, he's, all, he's all anxious about things, alright? He's not sitting up in heaven wringing his hands. He's not sitting up there thinking, oh no, what's gonna happen? Is this, are they gonna do this or are they gonna do that? No, are you kidding me? God, everything's working out according to exactly how he wants it to. Amen? And not, not only, not only is God faithful, but the Bible describes his faithfulness as great. Man, I love that. Great. Lamentations chapter 3. We're going to eventually get there. Let me just read this verse to you. It says this, talking about God's mercies. They are new every morning. Listen to this. Great is thy faithfulness. Amen? And God isn't just faithful. He is greatly faithful. He is greatly faithful. And you know what I love about God's faithfulness? Are you ready for this? Man, this ought to excite you tonight. Amen? This ought to even make the most depressed person put a smile on your face. God's faithfulness is not dependent upon our actions. Amen? Listen, His faithfulness has nothing to do whether or not, whether we have a good day, whether we have a bad day. Listen, God never has a bad day. He's always steady. He's always faithful. And His faithfulness is great. Amen? His faithfulness is great. And you know where God establishes mostly His faithfulness at? When it comes to the treatment of the human race. Man, I'm thankful for that. Amen. I am so thankful for that. In fact, uh, we looked when we read 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Uh, God is faithful when we are tempted. Amen. And listen, even when it comes to temptation, the Bible says that God will make a way for us to escape. Even in the greatest times of trials, the greatest times where the devil's coming after you, God has always got a way for us to escape that. Amen. He's faithful when we're tempted. How about this? He's faithful when we need forgiveness. First John 1 9. I don't know about you, but man, I claim that verse a lot. Amen. If we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Aren't you glad for that? Amen. He's faithful to cleanse us from our sin. Amen. Praise the Lord for that. And God is just on and on. God is faithful. Now what you find out is that um, God's faithfulness when these promises are given, a lot of them are given to His chosen people, the nation of Israel. And you know what? Those promises were given to them even when they were in captivity for their sin. And you know what? They were, they went 70 years into captivity to the land of Babylon. And even though God had to punish them because of their sin, and they were in captivity because of their sin, He still showed them faithfulness even during that time. Amen? Now, as we're going to look at in just a minute, we ought to then, as God's children, strive to have the same faithfulness in our service to God as He has toward us. Because remember something, when we're learning these attributes of God, yes, it is so that we can be in awe of Him. Yes, it is so that we can have a deeper love and appreciation for Him. But it's also so that we can be like Him and, and emulate those attributes in our life as well. By the way, if God's faithful to, is faithful to us, what's our excuse for not being faithful to Him? Amen. What's our excuse? And so let's look at some verses tonight and uh, let's uh, look at God's faithfulness and then we'll look at our responsibility to be faithful as well. Uh, let's uh, start off uh, in the book of Deuteronomy. 
Deuteronomy. Of course, that's all the way back in the uh, Old Testament. It's the fifth book of the Bible, the book of Deuteronomy. And uh, there's so many passages tonight, folks. We're not going to get to them all. I'm just going to give you a handful of them. I just want to give you a few truths, and then we'll pray and go to our prayer time. But, man, I want to, I want to help you tonight. I want to encourage you tonight. Amen? Because I'm going to tell you something. The devil doesn't want you to think that God's faithful to you. The devil wants you to think that God's unfair, that God is, isn't treating you the way you ought to be treated. And let me tell you something. He'll sit on your shoulder and he'll put those thoughts in your mind. And if you're not careful, you'll start getting a bigger attitude toward God. And that's not the way we ought to have. That's not the attitude we ought to have. In fact, when we start looking at the Scripture and it tells us all this, the, how God's faithful to us, man, that ought to give us a newfound appreciation and a deeper love and a deeper desire for us to be faithful to Him. Deuteronomy chapter 7. Deuteronomy chapter 7. Let's just look at a couple verses here. Let's look at verses 7 through 9. Deuteronomy chapter 7, uh, beginning in verse 7. The Lord did not set His love upon you, talking about the nation of Israel, nor choose you, because you were more number than any people, for ye were the fewest of all people. But because the Lord loved you, and because He would keep the oath which He had sworn unto your fathers, hath the Lord brought you out with the mighty hand, and redeemed you out of the house of bondmen from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Know therefore, did you see what that said? Know therefore, know therefore, that the Lord thy God, He is God, the faithful God which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love Him, and keep His commandments to a thousand generations. And let me tell you, I know this promise was to the nation of Israel, but let me say this, folks. Those promises are to us as well. Amen? Those are to us as well. Did you see what it says? No, therefore. It doesn't say, well, you might be able to uh, hope, hope this is true. No, it says, no. No, therefore, that the Lord thy God, He is big G God. Amen? By the way, there are no little G-gods. Alright, there's no little, there's only one God. Amen? You say, well, I just don't believe that. Well, let me, let me, let me go ahead and say this, what I always say. It really doesn't matter what we believe. It only matters what the truth is. And I'll tell you right now, there are no atheists in eternity. No atheist. It may be an atheist when they died, but one second when they opened their eyes in eternity, they were an atheist no longer. Amen? There's only one God, and He is the God. But not just the God, He is the faithful God. Man, I love that. The faithful God. Man, what a, what a tremendous passage of Scripture that reminds us of this great attribute of our faithful God. And then, of course, the other uh, part of that verse describes to us how He's faithful. He keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love Him and keep His commandments to a thousand generations. Let me tell you, mankind may change. Uh, the culture may change. God never changes. Amen. Man, what a, what a wonderful passage of His faithfulness. Go to Lamentations. This is where I read from earlier. These are some of my favorite verses about this subject. Lamentations. You say, where is that? Lamentations. What's that even mean? Well, if you go to the middle of your Bible, uh, you'll come to Psalms and Proverbs. And then after you go uh, to Psalms and, uh, Psalms and Proverbs, you'll come to Song of Solomon. And then you'll start hitting some of the, my, the major prophets. Isaiah. And then you'll come to Jeremiah. And then right after the book of Jeremiah is the book of Lamentations. 
Now that word lamentation, that's not a word we use a lot, but it's a word that uh, I think we understand. How many ever heard of the word lament? Alright? It means to sorrow. It means to show uh, uh, that you're sorry about something. Well, Lamentations is, is the book that the prophet Jeremiah wrote because God's people were in captivity. And you know, truth be told, it's a pretty sad book because Israel has disobeyed God and they're paying for their sin. And Jeremiah was in the midst of all that. And man, he was lamenting the fact that Israel was being judged because of their sin. But let me tell you, right in the middle of that book, you find these wonderful verses here. Lamentations chapter 3. Look here, if you will, with me at verse 22. Lamentations chapter 3 and verse 22. The Bible says, Thou hast uh, called, as it, I'm sorry, I was in chapter 2, chapter 3, here we go, uh, verse 22. It said, It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed, because His compassions fail not. Man, that's a powerful verse in and of itself. Amen? It's because of God's mercies we're not consumed. By the way, what's mercy? Mercy is God not giving us what we deserve. Let me, let me all just help you all out here for a minute tonight. Amen? You know what we all deserve? You ready for this? Hell! That's what we deserve. Because of our sin, we deserve hell. Amen? By the way, that's all we deserve. Don't ever say, well, I just want what I deserve. No, you don't. No, you don't. Amen? Ain't nobody wants what they deserve. You know what the Bible tells us here? It says it's because of God's mercies, because of His unmerited favor to us, not giving us what we deserve, that we're not consumed because His compassions fail not. But I'm glad His compassions never fail. By the way, I fail. You fail. But you know what? God's compassions never fail. Amen? Now look at the next next verse here. Man, this is good. They are new every morning. By the way, uh, aren't you glad for that? Hey, there's some days. You know what? I should have just stayed in bed. I can tell you that. Right? I've made a mess of the day. It's made a mess of me. And man, I can't wait for it to be over with. You ever had days like that? Sure there is. Let me tell you though something, folks. Something happens every morning you get out of bed. You know what happens? God's mercies are new to you. Amen? Let me tell you what every day is. Every day is like a microscosm of life. Okay, you get up in the morning, and it's early, it speaks of uh, just, just like a baby is born. You begin to live through the day, and it's just like what life is. It goes, it goes, and then at the day, the night, it's over, and you lay down and go to sleep. It's a picture of death. And I'm going to tell you, every day is a microcosm of life. And aren't you glad that God's mercies were new this morning? Amen? I needed those mercies this morning. And whether or not you want to admit it or not, you did too. Amen? Man, great is thy faithfulness. And every morning, those mercies are new. Amen? And God's faithfulness is great to us. That's what, Those are two of my favorite verses of Scripture when talking about the subject of mercy and God's faithfulness. Let's go to another passage here. Uh, let's, go, uh, let's go to the New Testament for a minute. Uh, let's go to the book of um, 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians. And that's going to be more toward the end of your of the New Testament, you'll go through uh, uh, the epistles to Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, and then you will come to the book of First Thessalonians. And again, this is a a powerful book as well. I, everything's powerful. It's the Word of God. Amen. I will say that every time I turn to a verse, it, they're all that way. Amen. 
But uh, what I like about 1 Thessalonians, uh, and those of you that know uh, uh, the Bible understand this, but a lot of this book is talking about the second coming of Christ. It's talking about the rapture. It's talking about end time events. In fact, chapter 4 and the beginning of chapter 5, it's all about uh, the, the things that are going to come before. And uh, it's, it's giving us some, uh, uh, some prophecy here, if you will. And then sandwiched at the end, or, or I'm sorry, right at the end of this chapter, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, are some instruction to the church. Some ways we ought to be living because we know Jesus Christ is going to come back and get us one of these days. In fact, I call these the Ten Commandments for every church member. Amen? The Ten Commandments for every church member. And we're not going to get into that. That's a whole message in and of itself. Amen? You got real nervous when I just said ten. You're thinking, what? Ten more points? Are you kidding me? No, that's not where we're going tonight. But come back someday and I'll preach that message to you. Amen? But right in the middle of all that, all right, all these commands to the church, notice what we see in verse 24. And again, this is this this has to do with within the context, the promise of the rapture, the promise of Christ coming back one of these days. And I think he on purpose sandwiches this verse right in the middle of all that stuff to remind us of this truth. Verse twenty four: Faithful is he that calleth you, who also will do it. Amen. Who also will do it? And I'm going to tell you, God just needs to remind us to listen. You know what? God don't work on your timetable. God don't work on my timetable. God works on His timetable. Amen? Because He's God. And I'm going to tell you, it doesn't matter whether or not people have been saying for centuries, oh, Jesus is going to come, Jesus is going to come. And you know what? A lot of times people get tired of hearing that, and then they start disbelieving that because it hasn't happened yet. But again, folks, God's timing is going to be right on that when it does happen. But let me just remind you something. He's faithful. He is faithful that calleth you. I love what He says, who also will do it. Amen? And yeah, He's talking about the fact that He's going to come, but He's also talking about that work that He wants to do through us. Amen? What a wonderful passage there. Uh, go to um, uh, uh, Second Thessalonians, alright? Just a couple pages over. Second Thessalonians chapter 3. And let's look at a couple more verses here. Second, Second Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 3. Again, notice what we see here. But the Lord is faithful. There's that word again. Who also, oh, I'm sorry, who shall establish you and keep you from evil. That word establish, it means to be rooted. It means to be grounded. And let me tell you something, folks. If you will follow God's formula as far as when it comes to uh, attending church faithfully, having a walk with God, having a prayer time with God, and just do the things that we ought to all be doing if we say we're Christians, amen, what I call the basics of the Christian life, you know what you're going to find out? If you'll do that with a sincere heart, with a sincere heart, to want to love and please God, you know what you're going to find out God will do? He'll establish you, amen? He'll ground you. He'll, he'll make sure that, that, that you're, you're steady, you're strong. You know, I feel sorry for Christians who have a casual attitude toward the Christian life. Because let me tell you something, a casual attitude toward the Christian life produces casualties in the Christian life. I'm not saying you're not saved, but you, you're not going to be an established Christian. And by the way, there's a second part to that verse right there. Notice what it says. It says this, and keep you from evil. By the way, you know what that's called? It's called the protecting hand of God. You want God's protective hand about you, then you better keep yourself in the place, as the old timers used to say, under the spout where the glory comes out. Amen? You keep yourself in the place of God's will, and God will protect you from evil. 
I'm not saying bad things may not happen. Let me tell you something, folks. There's a difference between bad things and evil things. I'm going to tell you, if it wasn't for the things we're talking about tonight, the faithfulness of God and the mercy of God, the devil would have a heyday with us. But listen, just like in in the Old Testament, Job, he couldn't get to Job unless he went through God. Amen? I'm going to tell you, God is faithful to establish us and to keep us, protect us from evil. But let me just say this. You step outside of God's plan for your life. You exercise your free will. Decide you're going to do it your way. You're walking away from the protective hand of God. Amen? You do so at your own peril. Because God is there to establish and to keep from evil for those who will keep themselves in the place of His, in obedience to Him. Amen? Alright, let's go on to the book of 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy, just again, another couple pages over. And chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2. That's what we do here in Bible study tonight. We study the Bible. Hey, there's a novel concept, right? Studying the Bible on the night of Bible study. Oh yeah, we have prayer too. That's why we call it midweek prayer meeting and Bible study. Amen. 2 Timothy chapter uh, chapter 2. Let's look at verse 11. Verse 11. 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 11. Notice what it says here. It is a, there's that word again, faithful saying. For if we be dead with Him, we shall also live with Him. If we suffer, we shall also reign with Him. If we deny Him, how about this? He will also deny us. Let's just stop and think about that for a minute, amen? Right? If we deny Him, He will also deny us. If we believe not, yet He abided faithful, He cannot deny Himself. And that's a powerful truth right there. Amen? Listen to me, folks. Even sometimes when we do our best, we're still going to fail. Notice that if we believe not, if there's times of doubt, if there's times where we're like, God, well, I, uh, I'm not so sure about this, and, and maybe our faith uh, 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 waffles a little bit. Let me say this, folks. Yet He abideth faithful. Amen? Listen, as much as I want to please Him, as much as I try to always be on my A-game and be faithful, there's sometimes I'm not. But let me tell you, He always is. He abideth faithful. Amen? I may not abide faithful, but He does. You know why? I love what it says because He can't deny Himself. And when you get saved and you become a child of God, you got God in you, you got God living in you, and He can't deny Himself. Man, that's a good, a good, a good, I'm sorry, again, a very powerful truth there. Good stuff, I like it. All right, one more verse, and then we're going to look at a, a, a couple areas of our responsibility, all right? Uh, would you, Brother Dave, or somebody go back here and kick that air on? And, uh, man, I, I, I don't know if y'all are warming it up in here, or all this hot air coming out here is warming it up. But, but either way, we're, we're going to get a little air going, amen. First Peter chapter 4, First Peter chapter 4. Again, keep going toward the end of the Bible there. You'll uh, come to uh, you'll come to um, James, Hebrews, James, and then you'll run into First and Second Peter. All right, First Peter chapter four, and uh, let's just look at another verse here. Notice what he says in verse nineteen. First Peter chapter four, verse nineteen. Wherefore let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to Him in well doing, as unto a faithful Creator. And folks, I'm not going to uh, paint the Christian life as this this uh, uh, this rose uh, rose colored tent and tell you that once you get saved, that man, you're just going to skip your way into heaven and everything's going to be dandy and great. That's just not true. Let me tell you what comes along with being a follower of Jesus Christ, bearing a cross. Amen. 
And you know what also comes along with that? Persecution. And, and you know what? Suffering. Now, I don't know that we as Americans know really what that's about like some of our other brothers and sisters across the world know. But you know, there is still suffering and things that come along with being a faithful follower of Jesus Christ. Amen? I'm not talking about a, a token Christian. I'm not talking about in name only. I'm talking about a dedicated follower of Christ. You know what? You're going to find there comes with some of that suffering. Well, notice what the Bible says, that them that suffer according to the will of God, notice this, commit the keeping of their souls to Him in well-doing as unto a faithful Creator. And folks, I'm going to tell you, He is faithful, and He didn't just save you uh, for this life. He's with you, not as you just live, but He is with us as we pass through that valley to the next life. Amen? I love what the psalmist said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, Thou art with me. Amen? Thou art with me. And God is with us through all those things. And listen, you can commit your soul to God. Amen? He'll keep it. I promise you, you put your faith and trust in Christ, you won't be disappointed. Amen? That's uh, just a few attributes of our faithful God. i got so many more things we could say, but for sake of time, I'm going to show you a couple more things about now our responsibilities to be faithful. We've looked at how He's faithful. Now remember, as God's children, we have responsibilities to be like our Heavenly Father. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 4. 1 Corinthians, you'll back up a little bit. Uh, you'll go to Romans, uh, the Gospels, Acts, Romans. Then you'll come to the book of 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 4. Let's back it up to verse 1. We'll read verse 1 and 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 4. The Bible says, Let a man so account of us as of the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Now remember that word steward. All right, it's a very important word. Uh, a steward uh, is not someone that takes care of his own stuff, but is entrusted with the care of someone else's things. Let me tell you, folks, that's what we are when it comes to the Christian life. We're stewards of what God gives us. By the way, I'm not just talking about material things. You know you're a steward of the breath God gives you? You're a steward of, come on now, the words we say. And you know, the Bible says as Christians that we'll have to give an account to our Creator one of these days, not for our sin, but for our stewardship. That's important for us to remember. Now look at verse 2. Now remember, because we're stewards, here's what it says. Moreover, it's required in stewards. Okay, so listen, you want to pass the test one of these days? By the way, I don't know about you, but if I'm going to take a test, I need to know what's required of me. So I can know what to study, so I can know how to prepare, so when it comes test day, I'll get a good grade, amen? Well, guess what, Christian? There's coming test day, and you know what? We'll give an account. It's called the judgment seat of Christ. And by the way, at that day, ain't going to be, uh, you're not going to be able to cram and make it all up then. It's already determined by the life you live on this earth. And so what's it say? Moreover, it's required in stewards. You ready? Here it is. Man, be found faithful. Faithful. Let me tell you what God expects from His people. Faithfulness. Amen? Listen, there's too many fair-weather Christians. Too many Christians who, oh, they want their fire insurance. They want to know they're going to heaven, but they don't want to have to deny themselves. They don't want to have to pick up their cross, and they don't want to have to daily follow after the Master. By the way, you don't live that way. You decide you're not going to live that way as a Christian. Guess what? You're not faithful. I'm not saying you won't get to heaven, but there'll be some shame there, I can tell you that. Amen? There'll be some shame there because it's required in stewards that a man be found faithful. 
And listen to me, folks. God doesn't set the standard so high you can't attain to it. It's not an impossible standard to attain to. Every single person that's born again can be faithful. Amen? You know why? Because the Word of God tells you you can. That's why. Amen. Go to um, the next passage. Uh, Let's go uh, to the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. Of course, that's uh, back toward the the end of the Bible there. We'll find that after the book of uh, Titus. 1st, 2nd Timothy, Titus, Philemon, then you'll come to the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 10, and let's look at a couple verses here. Again, talking about our faithfulness, just as our God is faithful to us, what He wants to be for Him. All right, Hebrews chapter 10, uh, let's look at verse 22. Hebrews 10, 22. Talking here about Christ, and it says this, "...and having an high priest over the house of God." Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for He is faithful that promise. And let us consider one another to provoke into love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Again, we're talking about the subject of faithfulness. And because of the saving blood of Jesus Christ, because He has washed us from our sin and has sprinkled our hearts from an evil conscience and He's washed our bodies with pure water, here's because of that, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. Amen? Without wavering. Talking about without being blown around, without being one day this this way and the next day that way. No, it's talking about steady and strong and steadfast. Hold fast that profession of your faith. Amen? Now, why can you do that? Because He's faithful that promised. The reason you can be faithful is because He first is faithful. And if He is, we can be as well. And I think it's interesting, I think it's interesting the context of those verses, how it all ties into verse 25. What's verse 25 tell us? Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. You know what that means? You know what that means? Real easy terms. Be in church. That's what that means. I've never known a Christian that finishes the Christian life faithful who has a casual attitude about church attendance. Never met one. Oh, I can worship God out in the woods. Oh, you can. I do it all the time, but I don't do it on Sunday. Because if I am if I'm uh, not in the house of God on Sunday because I choose to do something else instead of obeying the Bible, then guess what? I'm not being faithful. I understand from time to time we're all providentially hindered. Okay? We all sometimes have sickness and we have things uh, of that sort. But I'm going to tell you right now, uh, if it's not a major health problem, I'm going to be in the house of God. Amen? Because I'm going to tell you the quickest way to make sure you stay faithful is to stay, uh, keep your church attendance where it ought to be. Amen? And I know who I'm talking to tonight. Man, we got a great crowd here tonight. Praise God. Thursday night crowd. But you know what? Truth be told, this ought to be the size of the crowd every Thursday night. You know what's interesting? you got your Sunday morning crowd. And then it drops down to the Sunday night crowd. Then it even drops further down to the midweek crowd. You know, truth be told, folks, that ain't the way it ought to be. Amen? Every church service ought to be attended the same. Okay? Why is that? Because I want to make sure I finish my race, and I want to make sure I stay faithful. I didn't tie that together. God tied it together. Amen? Our faithfulness in the Christian life is tied to our faithfulness in the house of God. 
You say, I don't like that very well, preacher. Well, guess what? I didn't come here to please you, amen? I came here to preach the Word. And if you don't like it, take it up with Him! He's the one that wrote it, amen? I'm just a messenger. All right, I'm just a messenger. And if you don't like it too well, that's okay. i got a lot of bodyguards around here, amen? And so, uh, but it's all good. All right, one more passage here, and we'll close it out. Go to Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12. Again, Jesus here teaching His disciples, teaching the, the people. And Jesus, of course, man, he was, he was the master when it came to teaching. The master when it came to uh, using parables and all kinds of things to teach and drive home truth. Let's pick it up here in verse 41, Luke chapter 12, verse 41. Then Peter said unto him, Lord, speakest thou this parable unto us, or even to all. Now the parable he's talking about is the parable in the previous verses. And he's talking about the fact that the servants uh, who, if they would have known, or I'm sorry, yeah, uh, the good man of the house, had he known when the thief would have come, would have been ready. And he says in verse 40, Be ye therefore ready also, for the Son of Man cometh at an hour when you think not. Jesus talked a lot about the fact He was going to come again. Amen. And He wanted His disciples. And by the way, He wants us as His church to have that, have that same attitude of watching and being ready. So that's the context of these verses. I'm about ready to read to you. Verse 42. And the Lord said, Who then is that faithful and wise steward, whom His Lord shall make ruler over His household? to give them their portion of meat in due season. Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. Of a truth I say unto you that he will make him ruler over all that he hath. But and if that servant saith in his heart, My Lord delayeth his coming, and he shall begin to beat the men's servants and the maidens, and to eat and drink and to be drunken, the Lord of that servant will come in a day when he looketh not for him, at an hour when he's not aware, and will cut him in asunder, and will appoint him his portion with the unbelievers. And that servant which knew his Lord's will, and prepared not himself, neither did according to his will, shall be beaten with many stripes." But he that knew not, and to commit things worthy of stripes, shall be beaten with few stripes. For to whomsoever much is given, of him shall be much required. And to whom men will commit much, of him they will ask the more. Let me tell you, there's a powerful, powerful truth contained in that passage right there. That interpretation of the parable about being watchful. And notice what Jesus said, talks about the servant which knew the Lord's will and prepared not himself, neither did according to his will, shall be beaten with many stripes. Now I want you to think about that for a minute. Nobody wants to talk about that Jesus right there. Everybody wants to talk about the Jesus who wants to be everybody's homeboy and hang out with them and, you know, just you know, chill with you all the time. That's not the Jesus of the Bible. No, the Jesus of the Bible takes pretty serious about those who claim His name are supposed to be following Him. And this right here is a parable of what it's going to be like at the judgment seat of Christ when His children stand before Him. And I'm going to tell you something, it ain't going to be a pleasant day for a lot of Christians. Amen? Talking about receiving punishment, if you will, or loss of reward. Amen? But he that knew not and did commit things worthy of stripes shall be beaten with few stripes. Again, it's talking about the level there based upon... The, the, the amount of knowledge, what you knew, what you did with what you knew. Now all that comes back to what he talks about here is the fact 
that the servant needs to be faithful. Amen? The servant needs to be faithful. And again, there's other passages that talk about the same thing. In Matthew chapter uh, 24, I'm sorry, 25, he talks about the parable of the stewards and being faithful with the Lord's goods and taking those and doubling those talents. And many a times, many different ways, Jesus illustrated this truth. But let me tell you what it all comes down to, church. Amen? Being faithful. Being faithful. Hey, He's faithful to us. We need to be faithful to Him. Amen? I want you to think about next time you're tempted to quit. I want you to think about that next time you're tempted when the devil comes and, and uh, wants to offer some just measly little uh, a tingle of the flesh, temptation of the flesh. I want you to think about that God's faithful to you. And let that be a motivating factor to say no to sin and say yes to Him and prove your faithfulness. Amen? Because He is a faithful God that will commit that what He has promised. So God is faithful. Let us as His children be faithful to Him. Let's pray. Lord, we love You tonight.